0: Welcome back, everybody. This is the 31st episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. Two episodes ago, I discussed the difference between being a worried mom and a reflective mom. Now, of course, all moms worry. There are endless things to worry about when parenting teens. But we don't want to live in a perpetual state of worry because it actually doesn't protect our teens, it hinders our parenting and negatively impacts our relationship with our sons and daughters. Now here's the thing, all moms worry, but not every mom is reflective. This is not a given, especially in our busy culture. We have to choose, we have to be intentional to be a reflective mom. Being reflective makes us a better parent and enables us to have a closer, authentic connection with our teen. Being reflective actually helps moms dial down the drama. And this is why I brought in my friend, Angela Coughlin, to be our guest today, and she's going to help us become more of a reflective parent. So welcome, Angela.
1: Hi. Glad to be here.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. So we'll get into it in a second, but let me tell you a little bit about who Angela is. So first, today's episode is called How to Connect with Your Inner Parenting Wisdom Through Journaling. So Angela Coughlin is actually an expert on how to be reflective through the art of journaling. She has lived her message when raising her own teens. She, has, she raised three of them. Angela has authored four books on that subject. Angela is also a life coach with extensive training and experience her Houston-based consultation and coaching practice is devoted to helping clients manage change, make healthy changes, choices, manage feelings and relationships in their personal and professional lives. Angela is an integrative coach, which means she uses a holistic approach that integrates with other modalities of treatment during her coaching or counseling sessions. Angela's integrative approach comes from her extensive training In journaling and her training in mindfulness and meditation as well as traditional Western psychology so again welcome Angela well thank you and I know we've been looking forward to this so Angela Angela actually works in the same building um, that I do she has an office in the same building that I have an office so um, so first so Angela so how did you even get interested in journaling
1: I became interested in journaling just honestly as a means of survival. It was long before any studies had been done on journaling and my husband died after a six month illness with cancer. And I was left with three young children to parent and raise. The youngest was a year and a half at that time. And after he died, I was like, How am I gonna do this? How am I gonna raise this family? How am I gonna raise three kids? I really, I really was lost, and so in my grief and my desperation, I just started writing, and I would write every day because, you know, your friends get tired of hearing the same old story, and when you write, you start to realize that you are really repeating that same old story over and over, but, it, but writing was an unbelievable way for me to download the grief and the loss. But also to ask questions like, what am I going to do next? How am I going to, what job am I going to get? Should I go back to school? And there were just a million questions in my own mind about what was next. So journaling became like my best friend. And like best friends, you know, sometimes you love them and sometimes you don't love them. But (laughs) nonetheless, I feel like journaling really saved my life because it helped me come to a lot of decisions and understanding of myself and how to parent my yeah.
0: kids. Now that's great. So I can see how I can be your best friend, but how is it not your best friend?
1: Because you really you really get to a point where it it is a struggle sometimes to find the time to write. You you want to do it and then you know you can get to answers that way, but you feel pulled in so many directions when you have kids that I think it's really difficult to you know, give the devotion to it It's going to help you make the changes and come up with the answers. And I'm not saying hours every day, I'm talking 30 minutes every day. Um, but it, it, it really can help you understand the patterns that you're repeating and also help you understand solutions because as you write, solutions really just start to appear when you ask questions. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess maybe kind of the downside is even just facing some of the, the things that you're feeling.
1: Right, because journaling is also so reflective that you see on the page, you can't get away from it. I mean, you see your deepest thoughts and what you're, what you're thinking. But this is an important point to remember. What is emotionally true, we write out of our emotion. And what is emotionally true it's not always factually true, mm-hmm. so it's part yeah. story we create about our own life. Mm-hmm. And so emotionally, I might be saying, "Oh my God, this is the end of the world," but of course, that's not really factually true. It's not the end of the world. It's really just a very bad day. So it's it's really understanding. You go back and look at what you've written, and you go, "Oh my God, I can't believe I even said that." But again distinguish that what's emotionally true is not always factually true. And yeah. then the real gift of journaling is we can go back and rewrite that story. And we look at that and we can say, oh wow, I don't really believe that. What do I really believe? Well, I had a really bad day. so it So it slows us down and yeah. it puts it in a context where as we rewrite our story, we can
0: live out of a new place, if yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, oh, I, I totally love that. So yeah. I love that you're talking about, um, like, kind of writing down your, you know, feelings and and kind of naming some of those emotional things. And then, I, right. and I lo- also love the question parts. So like, when you're writing down questions, are you asking a question to the universe, to your wise self, just to write a question? Well,
1: I really believe in this because I, as we write, that comes from a very deep internal place. And as we're writing, and if we don't screen what we're writing, we we write a lot of our own truth, right? So, yeah. as we ask questions, those questions you can ask them to the universe to by itself, you can do it, any of it but as you write it's a very, writing is a very creative act within itself mm. you yeah. connect with that, as Jung says that collective unconscious out there mm. and as you connect with that collective unconscious, it brings you answers, those answers they may not show up the next day but over the next few weeks or months, they are going to show up because as you keep writing those questions, answers will be presented to you now, it may not always be the answer you want, but an answer will be presented.
0: Mm, I love it. So do you, do you have kind of an example of when you were that kind of young mom who was just widowed where you asked a question and the answer came to you?
1: Yes, yeah, I'd say, you know, I would have, I would ask for guidance about like, um, what sports should my kids play? How am I going to get everybody to these sports? How am I going to? How am I going to be in three different places at once with three kids? (laughs) And I would really just search and search for answers. As small as that sounds, that's a huge thing when you're working and trying to manage three other people's lives. So it would be like over the next few weeks, as I would try and sort through how am I going to do this, those answers would really be presented to me. Or what school should they go to? You know, trying to determine what's a good bet for each child knowing when to push a little more and when not to push, mm. when to allow that door to close because maybe it shouldn't open for that particular child. Mm. You know, so it's, it's really sitting and not just reacting yeah. and thinking, oh, wow, he should have gotten in this school. I'm just so mad about this. Well, if you back up, maybe he really shouldn't get in that school. Maybe there is a better option for him. And if we don't allow that door to close, we won't, we won't find that option. So you, that process of discovery comes up in journaling. Mm-hmm. And you can slow yourself down with journaling. And that's why people who journal really have better relationships. Because instead of reacting, they respond. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a, have a tendency to explode and react, if you will go journal that situation, even for 15 minutes, It will slow you down, and you'll go, okay, I'm going to find a solution here, and you will language everything, even in a different way. They say people who have the best marriages are people that have the ability to slow down with mindfulness or journaling, because they don't react to people. Mm,
0: I love
1: that. It's an important piece.
0: Yeah.
1: And, And And there's a really important and and me not knowing anything about the science of journaling, it was really, really neat later in my life when I started studying journaling because it had helped me so much to see that there had been a there's a man named Pennebecker, he's from the University of Texas, and he has done you can find his books all over Amazon, and he has done the foremost work in journaling. And he talks about this scientific concept called brain wave congruence and what he says is that writing moves us to resolution Mm. because we start to connect our story in a new way because the right and the left parts of the brain start to work together
0: Mm. the right is
1: our creative emotional side and the left is our linear side Yeah. so is the right and left hemispheres start to work together. They start to have insights that are seemingly unrelated, but the thoughts start to pop up new insights about our situations.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Pretty neat. That's really neat. Yeah, I remember hearing, and I think it was from Penna Baker that, um, and and you would know, but. Um, that I think he would, in some of his research would have even like inmates write three days in a row, like three pages of stuff. And he would find that like a page and a half is just kind of our canned story. And if we keep writing, it our, our story has to kind of expand.
1: It, it has to. And, and that's exactly right. And <clears throat> what he talks about is I mean, and I, and I have people do this kind of three-step process where, you, first of all, you download. Because trying to get through all garbage up there, because we're an emotional, as most of us know, we have a chemical that responds to every emotion, right? So if our brain is flooded with chemicals that are negative, for instance, we can't even think straight. Mm-hmm. So if you download that stuff, it's like you're getting rid of it. It's like you're throwing up. It's like you're putting it in the trash can. Yes. And then, and then the second step is to go, okay, what's really true here? And you see what's really true and what's not true. Yeah. And the third step, you go, okay, I'm going to rewrite this story. I'm going to do this a different way. And you have the ability then to live out of that place where you have rewritten that story. And that's, Pennebacher talks about this, too, because in different studies, he's had people rewrite their story. And there was one study with um, college kids that he did. And as they rewrote, he had a one group that did not rewrite their story. And they lived out of, like, I'm scared in college, I'm afraid I'm going to fail, blah, 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 blah. Then he had another group that rewrote their story. And instead of, I'm going to fail, they, they downloaded that. Then they wrote their story of seeing themselves as if they were looking back on their college experience, and they all wrote about how great the college experience was, how, you know, they made great grades, they made friends, and on and on and on. And so the group that rewrote their story, it was like 95% of them graduated with A's and B's. More mm-hmm. than half of the other group failed. And wow. it's because they lived out of an old fear story mm. that they felt they had no control over
0: Isn't that amazing that I love that I love that yeah. which is just also proving that I mean it's journaling works not only for adults but it can, it can work for teens and college kids oh absolutely absolutely it can yeah so um so how I mean you, you mentioned a little bit about this but I mean, how do you think journaling can help you as a parent? How can that help you dial down the drama? Um, I I think it can slow you down, and I think it
1: also gives you a sense of control, because it's a real conscious commitment. It's really hard to write things when we say, had a fight with my daughter this morning, and she screamed, and I screamed, and I called her this, and she called me that, and all that stuff, it's really hard to write that, because then you have to see the truth, yeah. you know, and the truth yeah. is tough, I mean, very hard, but what we do when we really make a commitment to journal and try and get to some, to get to our truth, yeah. what I would call our is that we're making a conscious commitment to participate in the creation of our own journey. Mm. So as we make that conscious commitment to participate in our own journey, it gives you this enormous sense of freedom because it's like, I'm showing up here and I feel more um, secure about what I'm going to do here right. because I've journeyed and I've thought about it. I'm not reacting. I'm really looking at this from a, from different angles, and you know that that right and left brain have both had a part in this. Right, right. So it's like you're pulling on all your forces, so to speak, and it really grounds you, I think, in the direction that you want to follow. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And and, and- pulls me
1: back. I think. I think when we get caught in those loops with our kids or with husbands or anything, we get caught into their reflection of us many mm-hmm. times Great. and into their beliefs, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And what does is it pulls us back to heighten awareness of our values and our beliefs and who we are. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Wow. Look at who I am here. So one of the, the, like, two themes um, in my book, Dial Down the Drama, you know, is one is mom reclaiming herself. Because it's so easy to lose, like, lose you when you're dealing with every need of your family. Right. So can you maybe speak a little bit about how journaling can help mom find those lost places in herself?
1: Yeah. Um, I think... In this world, particularly, much more so now than even when I was raising kids, um, people just are on rote. They have no conscious awareness. They're on the phone. They're on here. They're there. Everything is on rote. There is no, and there's much more comparison. And I would think with all the moms, with all the girls, it's a constant comparison about, I think the moms get caught in that just like the girls do. I would assume.
0: Yes.
1: About who's better, you know, and I think journaling can pull you back to say, "Okay, who am I? What do I really believe here?"
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, again, just that that writing helps you identify. Oh gosh, I really did love to paint. Well, maybe I do need to take an hour for myself on Saturday and go take a painting class. Mm-hmm. It really gives you permission to start to hook back into some of the pieces that are really authentically you yeah. and things you love to do too. Yes, so I I think it helps you to rediscover some of those things.
0: Hmm. You know, I've been I've been thinking as you're talking is really what you're talking about a huge part of journaling is helping you go from a place where you're just kind of reacting to your life to being a lot more intentional and creative. And I was thinking about how powerful it is just to even ask the question like that. Just that's like almost the beginning place of starting to kind of reclaim your life. Right. To, To ask the question. Exactly.
1: Exactly, and um, I taught a class last night at the Young Center, and someone said, well, how, how do I even start journaling? I don't want to make a list of my to-do list on a page, you know, and that's a great question. It's a valid question.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and the question is to start with your own burning question. What mm. is your own burning question? Like, am I a terrible mom? Am I a great mom? Or what makes a great mom? Mm-hmm. I mean, start with your own burning question that you have, or how can I make my family better? Um, And and, and think about what's my burning question and write it down and then just start to write because, you know, at first it may come out as a lot of emotional spewing if you haven't written for a while, but then you're going to get to what's really true. Mm -hmm. And what's really true is you probably try your best every day to be a great mom. to be a great wife and it doesn't always work and Mm -hmm. what could be different you know what what could shift and so it's
0: really stepping in our own truth yeah because yeah people like I don't even know where to start but I love that you just say just start with your burning question that is awesome right right all right Um, so so let me ask you just some kind of practical questions Sure. Um, you know, I can hear the mom saying, Oh my gosh, another thing. I'm so busy. Um, another question is like, I don't want to write anything down. Oh, okay. Write anything down because I don't want anybody to find it. Should I write it in a book? Should I do it on the, in a computer? Um, do I Yeah, I get that a
1: lot. And, and I say whatever's most convenient, but it should be private. And if you can do a password on the computer and you're more comfortable writing on a computer, that's where I'd say to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to write right, um, it I'd get a journal and keep it there first. Because if you leave it around, somebody's gonna pick it up. That's just that's just what happens. And and it's really private because you know, I think back on when I was just so emotionally distraught when after my husband died. And if somebody had read my journals at that time, and I ended up writing my first book out of them, but, but if somebody really read the emotional downloads, they probably would have gone, oh, my God, this woman is nuts, you know. <laughs> and, and that's just too much information because emotionally you are sometimes just a wreck, and you don't mean half of what you say. Right. So – take that out and get to the truth of what of what's really happening. So I would say to keep it private um, do whichever of those things could work but keep it private
0: Okay and then um, in terms of any ideas in terms of like when a busy mom could actually write
1: Again I've had that question a lot and I would suggest that people write when, like, like if you work, if you have a coffee break and you could go outside somewhere and just go sit by yourself and get out your journal and, and just take 15 minutes. I mean, it doesn't take long. Mm-hmm. And if you are, are go to lunch and go sit in a coffee house and, and go, go write for 15 or 20 minutes. Some of my friends who are real writers, Um, they tell me their best places to write are not at home. They're in coffee shops because they can be sort of incognito and go in the corner and have their coffee. So that's really, and and years ago, several, several moms who I worked with, I mean, all of them tell me that's actually easier than being at home because at home there's always something to do. Mm, So coffee, coffee shops are a great option. If you have one that's quiet and you can sneak into the corner But if not, if you have some privacy at home, downloading, I used to write at night because my kids were in bed, and that was my quiet time, and I could do that. But that may not be true for a lot of people. You know, their kids might be up and teenage, and all that. So, you know, it'd be grabbing whatever time you can, maybe after you go to the gym in the morning if you don't work um, and before you come home and finding it a spot you know at a park or
0: something to go write so, so what would you say to, to like the mom who has really good intentions about yeah I really I'm really motivated after listening to this podcast to start writing but then it's like um, you want to write but then you decide you'd better clean the refrigerator you know where the resistance comes up
1: right um If it is a really tough situation, the refrigerator will be there. And if you don't handle what's at hand, that situation could escalate. The refrigerator really isn't going to escalate. I mean, (laughs) so think about this in terms of what's really important to me right now. And that goes into the mindfulness piece, too, because whatever's in front of you at the moment is exactly what's supposed to be there according to mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So, don't push it away because it's only going to come back and get bigger and meaner and uglier.
0: Right, right. So, yeah, so I'm, uh, that's great. So, one of the things oh. that I was thinking about, just kind of circling back a little bit, is um, that I mean, I I a mistake I see a lot of moms make, and I've definitely made it myself, is that two things is that we're not when we talk to our teens, we're not really clear and often we're giving them the first download of our feelings. So we're, we're just, we're all over the place, you know, like I can't believe you came in late. I mean, you know, I didn't do anything. How could you do this? You know, and then we're saying things verbally that should actually be really private. So I could see. Probably. Oh, so um, I could see how the the you you get to. They could even do. I'm thinking that as moms. Here's an idea. If you're really ticked off at your teen, just write it down instead of speak it to your teen. Like that's your first download. Like. I just write it in your journal. I can't believe that you did that. How could you do that? I'm the worst mom. What were you thinking? I'm just venting all of that. And then, um, a huge thing that I always talk about with, with my moms is the importance of clarity, that clarity dials down the drama. So then what you're saying, Angela, like, you know, asking, is it true? Um, after you write your download, then I, think, um, then I think you can use your journal as uh, a way to get clear. Like,
1: Absolutely. And, and you, know, but you, might, you might even say, I'm really upset with you right now and I'm too upset to talk. You know, that's, that's the truth. Yeah. So you're not bashing them. You're just saying, I'm really upset. I'm way too upset to talk. And then go kind of figure out how you want to react and respond to this. Mm -hmm. And then you've got control of the situation. I mean, yeah. It puts the control really back in the hands
0: of the parent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because when you vent or you lose control, you're you're really coming from a powerless position. Completely. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um let's see, I had another question. So, again, and one other just little small tip, which is,
1: is really important, though, in all of Pennebacker's work, he did a ton, excuse me, a ton of work on health. And he found that people who journal have better immune system function and they get sick less. They He did all these college students, and the ones that he had journaled did not end up in the clinic. They did not end up after... In, you know, with health problems, so it's it's really important to download these thoughts because the thoughts are connected to emotion, which is connected to chemicals. Mm. The work as you download, remember, you're also doing a chemical download. You are getting rid of a lot of chemical buildup that fogs your brain. Right,
0: right, yes. So we've talked about how journaling kind of can help you dial down the drama and journaling can help you kind of actually reclaim your own life and those lost parts of yourself and, and help you feel better. How, how can journaling kind of help you have a better relationship with your team? And do you have any examples um, from your own life?
1: I would say what, one journaling question, I don't know if this completely answers this, but one journaling question that is another really good one to write about, and I think this is where the parents of teens come from a lot, I did, probably most parents do. is what is one big fear you have mm-hmm. that you can't let people mm-hmm. What is that fear? And if we write about the fear and we think about that fear and we sort of get to the bottom of where that's coming from, then it's easier, I think, for us to even have a discussion about that fear with our child. Mm -hmm. Because I can remember when I would get into conflict about what time are you coming home and, you know, then they come on late, and then you blow up and it's that same cycle that happens over and over. Yes. And, underneath that was my fear that they were going to get in trouble with drugs or alcohol or you just fast driving, you know, you, you name it. Right. I was afraid underneath that was I have a fear you're going to die, you know? Right. So, so I think if we can say, I'm not trying to be a mean person, I have a lot of fear here about what's going to happen to you. Cause I love you, you know? Yeah. So, that's one thing. I'm not sure if that completely answers it, but if you can, it, it helped me get to the place where I understood why I was doing what I was doing that caused conflict. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that's great. All right. So do you have any more um, tips for moms? Like, um, like you're, you're giving us some really great stuff. I, I think
1: just just know that you can write things that many times you can't say out loud, that everybody might look at you like, are you crazy? And you can write them in your journal, and your mm-hmm. journal doesn't say that. So you really, you know, you can really count on it, and you can count on it to really help you discover and, and discover who you are. And, and discover parts of yourself that are so resilient. Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of resilience to, to, to raise team two stage, I think. Yeah, for sure. And so I think it helps you discover parts of yourself that you can go, oh, wow, look at what I did, you know? Right. And because as those thoughts go through your mind, they're pretty fleeting. But if you journal it, you capture it.
0: Mm hmm.
1: And. Mm-hmm. I think it can give you a lot of confidence in your own journey right
0: okay so I was thinking that we might have some moms who like to who likes to get things right those moms who like to be get things perfect is there a perfect way to journal um no <laughs>
1: and but there's there's been studies done whether it's better to again do it on the computer but Writing the hand is definitely connected to the brain. So some people think that is a better way to journal. Um, I think the, for me, the most important part of the journaling is to get it out and to download and clear some of the thoughts so you can think more clearly. Yeah. So I would say a journal you really love to have with you that speaks to you. And some people like to have certain colors of pens they write in their journals with. And some people have pens for the happy things that they write about and the sad things they write about. So I think you can make it creative and fun for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it becomes like a real joy when you've downloaded all that stuff to your best friend, which is your journal. I mean, yeah. it it really makes you kind of leave with almost a smile on your face sometimes.
0: Yeah. So is it okay if, like, you, like, say you journal, like, once and then you forget about it and you pick it up three weeks from there? Sure. Yeah.
1: I think you'll go back and look, and I would almost bet if you go back and look that, that far out three weeks, I'll bet you don't even remember what you wrote. And it might have been the biggest crisis of the week that week. Yeah. But 90% of the time, you go back and you go, oh, I thought that was bad. <laughs> it really puts it in a different perspective. Yeah. Because, again, emotionally, we get so hyped. Mm-hmm. And it really helps us to dissipate some of the, the energy around those thoughts.
0: Right. All right, so we're, we're getting close to the, the end of this. This has been great, but um, can you tell um, our listeners about some of the books that you've written? And is there one you think they, that would be really helpful to moms?
1: The, I've written four books, and uh, the first one is called The Only Way Through, and it's about my journey through my husband's death and raising my kids. And then the second book was Journaling Through From Loss to Transformation, and that is a journal. It's a, it's a grief journal, and it has one question at the top of each page, which helps people, to the, just journaling prompts, to journal through loss and grief. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote a book called Journaling Through, Unleashing the Power of the Authentic Self, and that's just about journaling and what it can do for you. And then my latest book is called *The Art of Waking Up*, and that book is a forty-day guided journal to help people change their lives and mm. people that are going through transitions to help them see the crossovers in science and spirituality and how we need both to help support us as we try to make permanent changes. Mm. So it kind of depends on where you are in your own path, probably. Yeah. But one of them really focuses on grief and loss, whether it's a divorce or death. And then the other journal focuses more on, you know, how am I going to move forward after this transition? What do I want to change? Okay.
0: And so if, um, if any moms want to reach out to you, where can they find you?
1: They can go to my website, and that's www.AngelaCoughlin.com. And I have a contact form on that website, and they can contact me through that form. Okay. Well, Angela, All right.
0: thank you so much. This is so helpful. And um, I love, for me personally, I love the burning question. I love that. Yes hmm because the universe and, you know, the
1: collective unconscious is out there with all those answers. And so it's, it's a great way to get
0: to it. All right. Well, again, thank you all for right. your time.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, everybody, this concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I have some other great resources for you. You can head over to ColleenO'Grady.com that has two L's and two E's. You can sign up for my Dial Down the Drama triple pack, it's absolutely free. You get a copy of my free ebook, Seven Ways to Help Your Daughter and Yourself, a free chapter from my best selling and award winning book, Dial Down the Drama reducing conflict and reconnecting with your teenage daughter a guide for mothers everywhere and you get a free subscription to my weekly easing. if you're ready to pick up your copy of dial down the drama you can find it on amazon and barnes and noble for daily encouragement follow me on instagram or facebook at colleen ogrady dial down the drama